0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we have an episode today as a part of our series on the Dobbs vs. Jackson Women's Health Organization case. Uh, Joining me today is Cindy boston Bellata, Vice President of Heartbeat International, and Jessica Warder, our product marketing specialist and a member of our communications team. So as media ramps up and we hear this topic of abortion um, in the news more and more, we'll be hearing about it even more in the coming months. So let's talk about the impact on the states as it affects pregnancy help organizations.
1: Wow, what a unique time to be living in this world, in this time. As somebody who's been in the legislative and pregnancy help world for years, 27 years plus, you think, we've always waited for something to To change Roe versus Wade, the outcome of that law, or to um, have it impact um, how we did things, our our everyday business with Mm. the pregnancy help community. This Dobbs versus Jackson um, case at the Supreme Court is potentially the thing we've all been waiting for. We just don't know. Jessica, tell us what your thoughts are on where the case might go. There are several ways it could go.
0: Yeah, so it is is—it is truly an exciting time. Um, apprehensive, uh, but it's something that we've been waiting for for a long time. And, and having worked in the state legislature in Ohio for the past eight years, it's really exciting to see what might happen in these individual states. And, and, and because we're dealing with so many different variations from this, really we're looking at three main possibilities. And the first possibility is that, unfortunately, we just have the status quo. They reaffirm Roe v. Wade in some way, shape, or form, and we have to continue fighting and hoping for future cases and future things. The second thing that might happen is with this law being a 15-week ban out of Mississippi, is that it will bring that limitation from viability down to that 15-week mark. And that means then uh, maybe that becomes the definitive ban um, on abortion in the states across the board. The third thing uh, that we are really hoping for, and, and this is just the next step in our fight to end abortion, is that we will get to overturn Roe and send that decision back to each of the individual states. And so we can see a variety of things happen from that. But but that's the third possibility is the overturning of Roe v. Wade and then individual states get to decide for themselves whether to ban or, or to enshrine in mm-hmm. abortion.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there is a lot of legislative activity that's happened within states in the last 10 years, right? Um, I was very involved in Missouri. And and when you look at the things that, uh, it's kind of like laying bricks. You lay them one at a time. You're trying to help, help uh, the uh, legislators and the elected officials see what parts of uh, the impact of abortion um, affects their state females. How does this affect women in this state? And and what could we do to make women safer? That's always kind of the angle that we yeah. wanted to come from. And um, interestingly, I heard Gerald uh, Godzi, our president, talking about how 47 out of 50 states in Europe have a ban at 15 weeks. So yeah. I found that very interesting because it felt like they were very uh, accepting of it. But the reality is they're accepting to a limit. There is that limit that is driving them. It's an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. Frankly, the United States is very unique in its allowance of abortion up to the point of viability Mm -hmm. and beyond, frankly, up until the day before birth. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that would set potentially a new standard or allow for states to set their own standards and so really we want to dig into what this means for each of the local states and we're not going to go through every single individual state but kind of look (laughs) overview of what this could look like for your state and what this could look like for the pregnancy centers in your state. That's exactly Um, right.
1: Our audience today is pregnancy help centers as well as just friends of Heartbeat who are trying to find out more about the Dobbs case. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Cindy, as you mentioned, you have a lot of legislative experience in Missouri and also working with pregnancy centers mm-hmm. to try to pass um these kinds of laws. So what have you seen as being really effective in in getting these things passed in in your time? Yeah,
1: I think it's having people who are committed to state legislation, people who will walk those bills through, who donate time, who get out the vote, who call, who write letters to uh, their elected officials. That makes a huge difference. And, And one one organization, one pregnancy center, or one small group of individuals in one part of a state, they can make a very loud voice in combination. And Jessica, Absolutely. you know, in Ohio, yeah. we've gotten some great bills through because people bothered to pick up the phone, email, call, right, whatever it was. And it really does make a difference. We had some fantastic bills in Missouri that really, um, when you when you think of uh, the 30-mile rule, an abortionist had after the law was passed, an abortionist in Missouri would have to have hospital privileges within 30 miles of that abortion clinic. Otherwise, the doctors were flying in, doing the abortions and flying out. And Mm -hmm. women were not left with good health care. Things like that are possible. So being able, as somebody in a state I feel very excited about the potential of what we can now do if it goes to the 15-week viability aspect, if that's reinforced and Dobbs is upheld.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be really interesting to kind of go through each of these different groupings of states. So yes. really what we're looking at is three three different categories right. um, that your state might fall into. And that first category is... If your state has um, some different bans on abortion that, or or have rules in place that would totally ban abortion um, after Roe v. Wade is potentially overturned, we're looking at states that would enshrine abortion in law um, by basically codifying Roe in their particular state. And then we have a lot of battleground states. And so those are the three general categories that that your state might fall into as we we go through these. So which state do you think would
1: give us an example of a state that would totally um, legalize? Uh, What states would automatically probably legalized.
0: Yeah. So that a uh, classic example is going to be California. Right. Um, they already have laws in, on the books that explicitly um, protect the quote unquote right to abortion. Um, there are about 14 other states and D.C. that all have varying protections of that. Right. California and a couple other states are, are at the forefront of that as far as protecting all abortion in their state. A lot of other ones protected up to the point of viability Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in that category. Mm, So So what we're looking at is those states that would, abortion, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, would continue to be allowed and protected. And so they're going to face a lot of women maybe coming from states that had banned abortions that's coming right. into that state. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing that in Texas right now, that mm-hmm. women
1: are traveling. Some women are traveling to New Mexico and other states to uh, get that abortion, get yeah. that abortion pill, so to speak. Mm. Um, that's, that's so interesting. And, you know, I remember a day when I first started the Pregnancy Center in 2000 in Missouri where... You know, we heard about these fly-in plans where there were already documented plans to fly, have women fly into a state, to have women fly into a state, get an abortion, stay overnight, and fly back out. Um, Those were things that they were talking about in the 80s and 90s. And now that becomes a little bit more real as we consider what states would be um, welcoming um, as long as they could uh, abortions at, at up to that 15 week point. Absolutely.
0: And I think one thing that we need to take into consideration with the times we live in now with so much telehealth um, being the norm, we also see a misuse of that right. um, and, and the likelihood of that continuing with abortion, uh, chemical abortions specifically, right. and potentially states like that harboring uh, doctors who will male abortion inducing drugs and specifically chemical abortions right. to women outside of their state. So that's mm-hmm. another thing I think we're going to have to mm-hmm. watch those states doing.
1: That's exactly right. That's where accountability and getting legislation that requires accountability comes into play. And as citizens in your state, you have the ability to impact that. Getting doctors and nurses and and uh, administrative officials um, involved in getting regulations on those types of activities would certainly be something the average citizen could be involved with that could make a massive difference Mm -hmm. in the long-term health and wellness of moms and babies. Yeah.
0: So what might it look like for pregnancy centers that are located in states such as California where abortion might be Codified in their states, Mm -hmm. The,
1: the pregnancy centers will keep doing business as usual. Right now, those states have abortion on demand, and they are doing everything they can to make sure every single woman has the ability to choose life, that she knows she has options, and she knows she has a safety net of people who support her and love her and care about her and are willing to journey with her in her pregnancy if she is willing to continue the pregnancy forward. I think they keep doing the same thing. They probably will upgrade things like advertising and um, the way they go about doing their business potentially. But in general, I see them doing everything they can to accommodate as many women as possible Mm. um, and to bring more of the community in to support them so that they can support more and more of the women who are choosing um,
0: to consider termination of a pregnancy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that input. Um, So potentially the next category of, of states that we're looking at would be the states that are just going to have abortion bans either already on the books um, or um, shortly thereafter would ban abortion um, some of those ca- some of those different laws are going to be what we call pre row bans and those are bans that are on the books that were before Roe v. Wade was passed. Um, so there's about eight states that have pre-Roe bands. Um, we also have what are called post-Roe bans, or bands that have been passed since Roe v. Wade was decided, that haven't gone into effect but would basically go into effect as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned. And then there are other bands, such as a heartbeat bill or things along those lines, like Ohio has, that would restrict most abortions, or those kinds of states would often then pass follow-up laws as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned.
1: Right. Those are the, the trend-setting states that have, have um, already gone in and done some heavy lifting on uh, banning and abortion and and really requiring better health care for women. That is, at the end of the day, what it's about, is the health care exactly. of these women, both mental and physical health care. And um, those states have already done some heavy lifting to help protect their very own citizens. Citizens and the least of, the smallest mm. of their citizens, so to speak. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, That's so great.
0: looking at those, I think, um, as I said, there's about eight pre-road ban states, 11 post-road ban, and um, 13 plus with other states. So those are going to be, you know, a good a good percentage of states. You can find out what's obviously laws that have been passed in right. your state. Um, try to, you know, look into that, see, see where your state is going to fall with that. but. You know, I think we need to also look at what does the landscape look like there? because the battle isn't done, I think. Mm. I think that's really a key to look at. The battle isn't done when abortions are banned in your state. Um, right. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of women to mm-hmm. serve who, no longer have the option of abortion mm-hmm. as readily available to them. So, so what does that look like in their states? Right.
1: And and that is what both uh, the pregnancy help community and uh, those who value life in a state, we need to be working toward finding out what our laws are. And that's a simple online search with your state name and, and whatever you're looking for, but also looking at what's available in our state how can we cooperate with the legislators a little bit more, and how can we equip the pregnancy help community to do the very best work possible given the finances and the time resources and all those things that pregnancy centers have to work around and pregnancy help organizations. Um, I would encourage everybody to connect with their local pregnancy help organization. It might be a maternity home, an adoption agency, or one of the... Um, 3,000 pregnancy centers across the globe (laughs) that we now have uh, under our tutelage in in affiliation. Those are great organizations. They're going to be up on the state laws. They're going to be up on how somebody can um, impact uh, the state laws. They're going to bring you in and let you know how can you help women right here. They're going to let you know how you can volunteer, what your dollars would do, if you choose to partner with them financially, and we encourage that, um, because it's always where the money is, right? Yeah. And the other side has many times more dollars than our, our, our organizations, but we are... Pregnancy help leaders are masters at making every dollar count four or five times. They get a lot of gifts in kind. They they maximize every dollar with volunteer help. It's a great time to get involved with your local pregnancy center, maternity home, or adoption agency. They need you, and that is one way you could also help them be ready because when a state law you know, is changed when things are happening that are new and different, or there's this groundswell of women calling you, like we're seeing in Texas. We're getting more calls in Texas. We're getting more women who are desperate in Texas. And we are answering those phone calls. We're responding. We're getting them in right away. Those women, most of them and many of them did not want abortion. They just wanted a solution. And we know we have that
0: available. Absolutely, and I think that's so key. Is looking right now at the examples we have in states such as Texas and, and other states to see what what might happen if these if these laws are able to go into effect, and how can we serve these women who are going to be in need? Um, we can't just pack up and go home because we think we've we've won the battle. There are so many women there who need our help. That's exactly right, and
1: and. If we are pro-life, we should be doing something pro-life. We should pray, we should give, we should volunteer. We should do two or three out of three, at least, right? Absolutely. We should make sure that our community is well covered with pregnancy help. What do you think from the state um, activities that you've had in the political realm and legislative aspect, what do you think is going to happen in those states that are that messy middle? What, what would you recommend people think about getting involved with or doing?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, we have that third category, those battleground states, uh, those states that a lot of attention will suddenly be focused on, um, especially legislatively, because there might be states who kind of have that settled, and so so all of their attention is going to be refocused on these states. So good examples of those states are Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina, states like that who... Those states are a little bit more in the middle, so, in my experience, a lot of that is grassroots impact. That's right. The people in the states speaking to their state mm-hmm. legislatures, because right. this isn't um, this isn't in Washington D.C. Right. Decisions being made. These are your local state representatives mm-hmm. and senators, yeah. who, frankly, do want to hear from you. That's right. I worked in the state legislature in in my past life, and it It really was important when my boss was wanting to talk to Mm -hmm. specifically his constituents. If his constituents came to our door, he made time for them. He was ready and he was there to speak with them because they're his boss, essentially. That's right. They're the people he works for. (laughs) They're motivated by who gets them reelected. And they Mm want to hear from the people in their um, constituency about what they care about. And so politics is one of those things that I think so often people are wary of getting involved mm-hmm. in. Um, but if you're not involved, they're going to make those decisions without you. That's exactly they need, right. You get left behind. Exactly. <laughs> they need to hear your story. That's and they right. need to hear, especially, of how women are being served um, in your communities by, things, by places such as pregnancy centers, um, because I think so often they get told that without abortion, women are going to be left with no other options. And that's just simply not true.
1: That's right.
0: And so telling the stories of how we're going to serve these women and why you know, life is truly the best option for them right. is super important. I will say um, along that
1: line, just getting involved, and that's where if you start educating yourself now about this topic, you will feel more prepared when, when the summary from the Supreme Court comes out and the decision is made, you will have more information and be ready to take more action than already now that you are going to. Between now and then, we think it'll probably be June that the information comes out. Mm -hmm. But never underestimate your value. Because I remember one time I was at the State House in in Missouri, and I talked with a legislator. He didn't give me any hope for this bill. And this was like the last time this bill could be presented. It was the final day of the session. And then I went to another guy that I knew, a legislator, and he said, yeah, I don't know. But then he said, have you tried... The governor's lobbyist? I said, no, where do I find him? (laughs) And so I went and I talked to the governor's lobbyist and I said, where is the governor? This is a pro life bill. He says he's pro-life. Where is he? Yeah. And the bill was actually presented on the floor within 15, 20 minutes. It wow. passed in the final moments of the session. And it's it's because I, I swallowed every imaginary courage pill that I had, right? I was just like, oh, I got to pull it together here. Those things, we can get past our fear and get more done as we're working with groups of people yeah. and educating ourselves. That's yeah. an important part of that process.
0: I think the key thing to pull away from what you just explained is politicians are people. Right, um, I feel right. like I have a very specific way of relating to this because actually my dad's a state representative yeah. um, <laughs> here in Ohio. I was involved with this campaign and did a lot of these things. And, and the thing when I was working with those people to you know, knock doors and things like that is to remind people that these are human beings. Right. They're, they just have slightly different jobs than we mm-hmm. do, but they're impacted in just the exact same way. They just get so many messages mm-hmm. all the time. Right. So speaking one-on-one with them like a person Relating with them, showing them that you, you know, either want to support them or, or want to share with them the truth of what abortion is. These are just human beings. That's right. And they need to hear your stories. I loved when you said that. It's always
1: about the story, the story of the woman who you know, she would not have made had she not had the help of a pregnancy Mm. center. Uh, Somebody took her in, and that's part of the Christian community that does those kinds of things. Um, We're also talking about um, the growth of our our network. Um, Heartbeat is planning and in the middle of opening 50 centers in five years. Well, we've already opened a couple dozen centers, and this next year we want to open 12 more. Or get involved in what's already happening near you or in your state because you can help make sure every woman has a place to go to find out full information about her pregnancy options. Um, I know ultrasound is a big deal breaker for mm. many women. They they just don't know what's going to happen, but when they see the viability of the pregnancy through ultrasound, it makes all the difference. And, and we know... You know, usually women who see their child that's unborn and dancing in that womb, it makes all the difference for them. They understand, I'm already a mom. They understand, I'm already a mom. They understand, I have a group of people in this organization that will help me. And they are able to carry forward. Um, There are thousands of women in each state that have been dramatically impacted by a local pregnancy help organization like a pregnancy center. And that is the perfect way to get involved and help prepare for jobs, whatever happens in the final decision. and you can get involved by helping pregnancy centers have ultrasounds. I know I was talking to Betty McDowell, our Ministry Services Vice President, and she was saying, you know, people need to get involved and make sure there's a medical team at every center, that they have ultrasound available, because that's the game changing item for a young woman who's considering all of her options. It really makes a difference. Absolutely.
0: Exactly what you're saying the fact that we provide that. That compassionate care for these women, and and that they have real options, um, there is no greater persuasive tool than we have than those real life impacts and stories of That's women right. who thought that they had no other options, who mm-hmm. thought they were alone, but then were given true, true options and support and, and made that choice for life because they hopefully in the future won't have that pressure of, of legalized abortion to push right. them and say that, that they have to make that choice. And we're just going to continue fighting, especially in those battleground states. And then hopefully even in those, uh, you know, solid abortion supporting states, we're going to chip away one at a time. But that means you need That's to right. still continue to get involved. Reach out to your local life advocacy organizations that are pushing these pieces of legislation reach out to your pregnancy centers get involved in these ways especially if you're in your own battleground state you're going to hear a lot of noise around you Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of eyes are going to be on you um, but we're going to be you know with you along this way to try to support you and and the pregnancy centers in your area right and I think it's it's important to tie in the fact that
1: Heartbeat has submitted an amicus brief to the Supreme Court. And I thought it was so brilliant. Our attorney, who's had four children in five years, she had just given birth when we had the ability to submit a brief. So she had a baby on her shoulder and was typing away, Uh, helping defend women against the idea that women can't have babies and be at work. Women can't have babies and be a professional mom who does both wonderful mothering, as well as um, her career that honors God and her family. Um, She was fighting against that in the brief, and she said um, some of the main parts of our brief were that um, we've had a massive growth of our pregnancy help network and that there's no longer an isolation for a woman. The social mores have changed, so they have other options, many other options, and then they also... Um, it's easier to work from home now. It's easier to be a mom and power type on the computer in the evening while baby's sleeping. You know, those are things that are possible now. And it's really fun to see how the attorney who wrote our brief was actually living the life of being a mom and a professional and honoring God with both of those. And that's what we're always all about, right? We want God to be honored in what we do um motherhood is a blessing but abortion brings darkness on that and a woman has always been pregnant whether she's carried a child to term and placed or parented or had an abortion so we want to make sure every woman knows she's loved she's cared for no matter what she chooses we are there for her and that is the power of what's going on in the supreme court is that as we look at the viability? We hope we will be able to see more women because of a a viability law change and the requirement that goes back to states to make their own decisions. So we hope to keep you posted about what's happening. We're going to develop a pregnancy help as well as just a friend of Heartbeat site that you can go to called hbi.life. Forward slash Dobbs. And that will have any events or articles that you can keep up with. Um it hopefully will have our amicus brief as well as other items that will help you keep in touch with what's happening with the Dobbs case along the way. Um we hope to have helpful tools for you right there.
0: Anything else you'd like to add? I think you covered it. Thank okay. you so much, Cindy. Oh, it's a pleasure. It is. Great. Thank you both so much. Um, and if you haven't subscribed already to this podcast, you can go to heartbeatinternational.org podcast and click subscribe. That's also a great place to get some notes and links that were mentioned during this episode um, and also share with a friend. Thank you all for listening and have a great and blessed rest of your day.